Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, today's podcast sponsored by AT&T Uverse, whose internet is as inconsistent as the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> yeah, I'd say slightly more consistent than the Sharks, but certainly not fun. <laughs> well, dude, uh, we have five games to talk about. Uh, we have the game that we were looking forward to the most after... Uh, recording our last podcast where we're talking about how we're going to stack stack up against Vancouver. We all know how much fun that was. And <laughs> and we've and we've got the road trip to talk about and we've got the uh the knee surgery of Alex Stalock to talk about. So, we've got some stuff to cover, dude. Where should we start? Let's start with the goalies. Uh, that seems to be the biggest news of uh the recent past is that there was a uh, an altercation with Dallas uh um, Stalock got hit up high by the dastardly villain Antoine Roussel, and uh, although he got hit up high, I guess it somehow aggravated a, a lower body injury that he would all, he was already kind of nursing, and now we hear he's having knee surgery. You're making this sound bad, dude. Uh, yes, 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 I am. <laughs> why is it bad? They're not playing him anyways. That's true. Maybe that's why they weren't playing him. <laughs> you know what? It could be very true, you know, and, uh, we've been kind of, uh, questioning why Mr. Stalock has not been in the net as much, especially recently when Niemi had taken about seven out of eight, I think last time we recorded, and it could definitely be because he was trying to get back into uh, some sort of stronger health. I'm not completely sure I buy that, you know, just based on the Sharks' history with liking to run Niemi completely into the ground. But uh, it could have been a factor, dude. Absolutely could have been a factor. And now it definitely will be because uh, Stalock is shelved for we don't know how long. And I doubt we're going to be seeing a ton of Troy Grosnick. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of Troy Grosnick. Yeah, the, speaking of the Vancouver game, you know, that was certainly a focal point for us is that Antoniemi didn't have a good game at all. Gave up 3 goals on 19 shots and uh the Sharks lose the game, uh, which seems to be <laughs> the way the Sharks were going until tonight, right? They they lost they were not only losing to good teams, they were losing to bad teams. They managed to uh, go down four nothing to Florida on Tuesday night, before finally getting a pity goal and stop, yeah, that, stopping the shutout. That was a terrible, terrible loss. It, it, if you look at some of the teams the Sharks have lost to, I mean, you have a who's who of the worst teams in the NHL. Really, I mean, they lost to Buffalo, they lost to Columbus, and they lost to Florida. So. Uh, not, not great, uh, not a great track record. I'm looking at the East standings right now, actually. And, uh, those are the three of the four worst teams in the East. So congrats. Right. So the funny thing is starting Saturday 
we have the next four games are Columbus, Carolina, Buffalo, and Florida, the four worst teams in the East. So I think we can accurately predict that the Sharks will go 0 4. <laughs> I certainly hope not, dude. You know, it, for some reason this year, this team seems to have a hard time getting up for games against teams of, you know, supremely less skill, you know? Right. Yeah. And, uh, They've got to snap out of that if they're going to have any sort of shot at being a legitimate playoff team because, you know, we're almost a quarter of the way, you know, into the season, you know, close. And, you know, there are some teams that are playing very well that are surprising. The teams that I don't think anybody expected to be – involved in the conversation and you know whether we choose to believe that calgary is going to stay above water uh at the midway point of the season right now i mean all they're all they're doing is winning so you know are the sharks going to have to compete with teams like calgary and now winnipeg who are both you know either above or tied with the sharks in the standings i mean that's not going to hold suit is it the the way this team is playing, I I can't predict they're going to do anything at this point. And then, I mean, they're five hundred. They're they're five hundred. Yeah. yeah, they're five hundred. You know, they're a five hundred team. Like they're nine seven and two, which means that they're five hundred. But if we're gonna be you know glass half full, I guess, dude, the the Kings are five hundred. The Blackhawks are you know have fewer points than the Sharks. Uh, the Boston Bruins, you know, are have the same amount of points as the Sharks. So there's some pretty good teams that are not off to great starts either. That's true. It's true. And then there's teams... I guess that the difference is that all those other teams have actual track records of winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one team that's not having a slow start was Tampa Bay, and the Sharks beat them in Tampa Bay tonight. I know. I mean, and that's a great win. And, and you certainly would feel a lot better about that win if they hadn't have, you know, approached it with a huge stink bomb in Florida and then a really disappointing ending to a game in Chicago that, you know, seemed like it was going to be a, an exciting contest. And then it just completely fell apart. Well, the Sharks gave up the first three or something in Chicago. Isn't that right? I'm trying, I'm going to go and revisit these games are blurring together in recent memory, but I, th- I think, you know, yeah, the sharks went down three to one after the first period. Um, and it wasn't, it, it really wasn't close. And then the sharks made a game of it. Yeah. They gave up the first three goals right. of the game. They managed to score one late in the first to go down three, one. And then, the Sharks made it 3-2 late right. in the second period, but they couldn't get any closer than that. Yeah, I mean, it was 3-2 all the way until four minutes left in the game. Right. And then it just completely fell apart. You know, and then the Blackhawks got an empty netter, so maybe the game is really a 4-2 game. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, when it was 3-2, you know, they were in that game. They were in that game. You know, um, the, the shots was 37-34. The Sharks were in that game, you know, and it started, couldn't have started off, I mean, well, it, you know, for Blackhawks to score three goals in two and a half minutes, I mean, right. that was, you know, just 
That's exactly what happened. And you and know, a you, terrible, you know, start. Go ahead, dude. You, I mean, you spot the Blackhawks three goals, you're going to lose. <laughs> it's just that right. simple. It's and, just and that this, simple. This is the thing that's so frustrating about you know how the Sharks are playing is you, you you look at that game. I mean, the Blackhawks have really been struggling to score goals. They've been struggling to score goals. They've been good defensively, but really struggling to score goals. And the Sharks let them score five goals. <laughs> And Florida is one of the worst offensive teams in the NHL. Yep. They're one of the worst, and they score four goals on the Sharks. They're tied for the worst with Buffalo. <laughs> and uh, Dallas is was struggling as well. They were having a hard time scoring goals. And defensively, they're terrible, and the Sharks woke up and won that game, but barely. Right. So, right. I, I mean, while the record says 500 i hate to be you know a bummer but i'm still even though this win tonight this is a good win in tampa bay that team is really good um it's hard to to get excited dude i agree and even though the sharks you know kill the nice five on three tampa bay had some really good chances during it niemi made some huge saves niemi played great tonight fact is Niemi hasn't played great every night and and now it looks like we're going to see him every night right well I mean as you mentioned I mean the Sharks could get could get healthy here in a hurry in terms of you know you look at their upcoming schedule dude you know they're on the road in Columbus in Carolina in Buffalo they're home against Florida and home against Arizona those are five of the worst teams in the league if not the five worst teams Mm-hmm. In the NHL, yeah, I mean, you're right. The, the Sharks should win all five of those games if they are serious about winning the Pacific Division. If they come away from these next five with like six points, that's a that's a that's a loss for this team. That's that's not good news. Yeah, it's it doesn't look good. I, I guess you know if if we want to try and look at some bright sides, the fact is the Sharks have played a ridiculous number of games on the road as yeah. well. They've played like every single frigging game on the road. I felt like I haven't been to the tank at all this year. Yeah, they've played five home games. They've played five home games and they've played thirteen road games. So um, that's going to even out, and and you know, and they've still got three games left to go on this trip. Right. So that's going to even out. For sure, obviously, it's going to even out. So they're going to have a nice stretch of home games coming up. But these next three road games, these are these aren't hard games. You know, I mean, Carolina has been playing better, but they're still not good. And Buffalo is terrible, and uh, Columbus is terrible because of all of the injuries they have. They're terrible. Yeah. So you you have you have to win those games. You can't go in there and lose them. So I'm I'm hopeful that they will. I mean, you know, that, that they can kind of right the ship a little bit, but that performance against Florida doesn't make you feel really that confident. No, no. Dude, let's talk a little bit more about the goalie situation and um, Alex Stalock uh, now being on the shelf. And, and, you know, and this is, ties into um, Marc-Andre Fleury's contract extension which happened uh in between our last podcasts and 
Um, first, I want to kind of get your opinion on that contract, and then what does this mean for Niemi's contract next year? Well, at first glance, the Flurry contract looked terrible, right? Uh, you know, Flurry has been sort of famously an overrated goalie the last few years. You know, Pittsburgh has not done nearly as well in the playoffs as they should. They've been consistently at the very top of the Eastern Conference in terms of regular season points, and then they can't even seem to go that far in the playoffs, and they lose to sort of wacky teams that really have no business beating them. And one of the reasons is because they all their defense and goaltending seems to go out the window in the playoffs. Obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury squarely in the crosshairs, uh, and yet they re-sign Fleury to a multi-year deal for not exactly a hometown discount. And so you look at that deal and you go, this is ridiculous. What were they thinking? And then Puck Daddy posted a a fairly interesting uh, rebuttal to that argument saying, listen, this is a known quantity. They know they're not getting a world beater. They know they're not getting Henrik Lundqvist or Tuka Rask here, but what's the alternative? Are they going to go out and and get Michael Layton? (laughs) Right. What are they going to do? They give this guy some money. They, they got him in goal. He's not, he's not the worst in the world, but, and he's not the best in the world, but he's, you kind of know what you're going to get. He's sort of league average. And actually a comparison they used at least once in that article was to Antoniemi, uh, in terms of how he performs against, you know, how he stacks up in terms of being roughly league average. And Auntie Niemi's save percentage is now 9-11, which is roughly league average usually year to year. Usually save percentages for goalies, uh, the league average for save percentages for goalies is, is in the early 19s. You know, from 9-10 to 9-15 is generally where the league average save percentage is. And that not, Niemi's right back there, right back there where he was. So... I'm not entirely sure I swallow that argument, but now that Staylock is hurt, what do you think the chances of the Sharks re-signing on Niemi now, signing him to an extension? Um, I think they're 50-50, and I don't think they should do it. Even with Staylock's injury, I do not think they should do it. And the old, But I don't have any confidence that, that they're going to be able to help themselves. You know, um... Jim Rutherford in Pittsburgh has, you know, pushed some good buttons so far. You know, the new coach seems to have brought some energy to this team. The Hornquist trade uh, looks great uh, for them. Erhoff has been steady. But, you know, this flurry contract just reeks of Semin, you know, that contract he gave to Semin in Carolina mm-hmm. where they're going to really regret this. They're going to regret this this money that, you know, this team – on paper, the last few years, similar to the Sharks, they're way better than they've performed in the playoffs. And you could point the finger at a lot of things, but I think deservedly, Flurry deserves a portion of the blame for this. And now they're stuck with him still. Like, I'm surprised that they did it. I'm surprised that they didn't go for some other path. But I know what you're saying. Like, who is that going to be, you know? You know who their backup? Would you trade? Who's their backup, dude? Go, I know your their backup is Thomas Grice. That's dude. right. That's right. Thomas Grice. <laughs> so, that's Thomas Grice. Um, the only thing I think we have uh, going for the Sharks not signing Niemi is that you know um, 
Doug Wilson had the opportunity to do something similar with Nabokov a couple of years ago, and he let him walk. Right. That's true. So, I mean, Nabokov was older, but this was the situation that he was faced with, and he wisely decided that it was not worth tying up five and a half million dollars of his payroll into a league average goalie who can be outstanding one night like he was tonight in Tampa Bay. He was outstanding and then be terrible like he was against Florida. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'll be, I'll be very disappointed if they make an extension of that, of that magnitude of, of money and, and years it, not even a quarter of the way through the season. Like, I think that that would be ridiculous. Yeah. And, and I'm actually looking at the pending free agents in the goalie position for next year. Uh, Auntie Niemi being the highest priced goalie, uh, available. Number two, Victor Foss. Number three, Kari <laughs> Ramo. Number four, Michael Neuvert. Number yeah. Six, Josh Harding. Uh, it's not exactly a uh, a Vezina finalist listing here. I know I mean, we're we're talking about it. It's not. I don't think Stalock had, you know, knee reconstruction. You know, I, I think he had what they're describing as minor knee surgery. Now, what that really means, we don't know. But I, I, it's not like he's resevered and that nerve in the back of his. I mean, this guy's come back from that, right? Right. So I think he's going to come back from uh, a knee cleanup or whatever this was. Um, so I I don't think this is going to force them to lock up Niemi right now at all. Well, no, I think. I mean, but doesn't it contribute to the idea that maybe Alex Stalock is somewhat injury prone and you can't count on him? I mean, sure, it's not the same injury as he had years ago when it took him out for 18 months or whatever it was, but it, it certainly doesn't work in his favor. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah, is, but... this is something you say, oh, is this a guy that we can keep in the lineup every night? And if the answer is no, then the next thing you're doing is, you know, talking to the assistant GM about what kind of money you're going to offer on to Niemi. Yeah, I, I don't, I even think if, if you would consider him injury prone that it still doesn't justify paying Auntie Niemi five and a half million dollars. Like he's, he's not worth that. We've seen that bounce back on so many other teams and, you know, then, then he becomes completely unmovable. Like it's a Cam Ward situation, you know? Yeah. Where, you know, Cam Ward doesn't, is not a terrible goaltender, but his contract makes him terrible. Yes. That's you know? true. Yes. So, um, I don't know. Uh, the 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 injury to Stalock certainly puts this more in the forefront of our minds, but I think even with it, the Sharks are not going to uh, do anything right now unless this knee injury turns out to be way more serious than, than they're letting on right now. And if that was the case, I mean, it, let's just say this knee injury is not a four to six week thing, but like a two to three month thing. Do you think they're really going to roll with Grossnick? I don't know. He's been playing well in Worcester. Right. Why, why wouldn't you roll with him? 
because they haven't stuck with any of their other younger players. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when the team was being turned over to the young guys? Yeah. Now, I, I, I'll say this. The young guys haven't been that good. So, no, no. It's, you know, it's looking more and more likely like the young guys aren't that good. And and, and that, I I think, what? let me put it this way. What's What's the bigger problem? The fact that the Sharks kind of have backpedaled on their bold summer statement or that the young players that they were relying on don't seem to be ready or really that good. What's worse? What's worse? The first, that they rolled back <laughs> the idea. Yeah, 17, 17 games into the season, we now know exactly how Chris Cherney and uh, Mirko Mueller and Tomas Hurdle and all these guys, we know exactly how they're going to be in terms of NHL players, like for the rest of their careers. Of course we have no idea. Of course we don't know. These guys are just getting started. They've barely scratched the surface. Uh, right now, uh, if you put them on a team that is ostensibly trying to make the playoffs, okay, maybe you don't play Barkley Goodrow. But if you're really a team that's trying to develop young players, well, they're not doing that. They're yeah, playing, I mean, they're playing Tyler Kennedy. Right. I mean, Goudreau is, you know, sort of the the last man standing, and so is Mirko Mueller. I mean, but Goudreau has not, he hasn't done anything yet. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how long they give him a chance or before he gets the ticket down to Worcester. Um, Mueller's minutes have been chopped significantly tonight he only played 14 minutes so they're playing less and less of him and time again is playing but he's played seven minutes tonight so you know these younger players uh compared to scott hannon playing 19 and a half minutes tonight yep you know uh the philosophy didn't last very long did it do yeah, let's go to the blog on this. We didn't get emails because uh, I don't know why no one emailed us, but questions at dudesonhockey.com. But I'm looking at the uh, the comments on the blog post from last week's uh, or last uh, podcast. And uh, and he said, uh, James says, I thought with all the young core talk, the very least we would see is a competition for the starting goalie position. Nothing so far. If the shark, you know, Brian says, if the sharks miss the playoffs, who will be fired? Doug Wilson, T Mac, or both? That's a good question, dude. It's a little early for that question, I guess, but we might as well answer it. I have no reason to believe that either of them will be fired. <laughs> yeah, Do I you? I guess you're right. If, how is that worse than what happened last year? If they survived that, I think they clearly have some rope with the owner. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think what, what, what I as a shark fan wanted to see was the team make either some dramatic personnel or philosophical changes that was going to try to, you know, reboot this franchise. And that has not happened in the first 18 games. It's basically the same thing you know how many more times do we have to hear a we didn't give our best effort tonight or the guys didn't come to play tonight how many times have we heard that this year 
already yeah. at least three times in the post game. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm actually uh, I'm actually with Tyler who says this is one of the unexpected dangers of Wilson's non-rebuild. If we were in full rebuild mode, I don't think anyone's job would be in danger should the Sharks miss the playoffs. But by keeping the core and really having no youth movement at all, there's an increased need to make the playoffs. And if they miss, I agree that at least one would be fired, but probably only the coach because there really aren't any candidates out there for Wilson's job. You know, I might be with Tyler on this. I mean, if, if, they, if they're going to walk back what they said... Actually, I might go the other way with Tyler. If, if Doug Wilson put out the mandate that says, we're going with the young core in that last 10 games, and they missed the playoffs with a non-young core, then clearly Doug Wilson isn't able to control the roster the way he should be controlling it, and he should go. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I, uh, I'm disappointed that these kids haven't been given a chance to, to play, and um, that they were going to try and win well developing talent and they've sort of get thrown up their hands in the developing talent department and they're you know logging big minutes with their veteran players again you know i mean you've got yep joe and patty you know playing the majority of the forward minutes and and you're you know hurdle's starting to play a little bit better uh so his minutes have increased um you know, Tyler Kenny only played nine and a half minutes tonight. He got a goal. It was a good know? goal, actually. It was a yeah, nice goal. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that when he was here last year, you know, we were all really counting on him to make an impact. So I guess better late than never, huh, dude? But uh, hopefully if he can be effective, and James Shepard had a good game tonight, you know, maybe some of these veteran bottom six players are, are going to step it up. But I think the... The proof is in the results, and the results are 500 right now, and losing to some crap teams. So, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't really see where the strides have been made. We'll see, we'll see how rosy we are, dude. When the when the Sharks finally manage to string together a few wins against the wor- the dregs of the league, are we a week from now yeah. if they go beat Columbus, Carolina, Buffalo, and Florida, are we going to be all happy and smiles again? I will be, I will be, dude, because that's what they should do. That's what good teams do teams that are good should go into those situations and win those games. They should win them. They got to collect points to give themselves a chance to put themselves in the best position to go all the way. Like if that's the goal, which clearly the goal still is that it is not to develop talent. It is to try to win. Then you got to collect points. If you're not going to do either win or develop talent then what are you <laughs> you're, you're carolina <laughs> i i disagree i disagree that carolina actually has some good young players there that are playing a lot you know i mean i think if you're a carolina hurricanes fan you know what this you know the deal Right. You know the deal, and the deal is that you hope Connor McDavid's hand is not really that badly injured because he might be on your team next year. <laughs> you know, yeah. You look at that their team, and you go, okay, Jeff Skinner. I mean, he's like his fifth year in the NHL, but he's only like twenty three years old, right? Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Falk, you've got uh, 
Riley Nash, uh, Toulouse, uh, Lindholm. That guy's been, you know, really exciting so far this year. Uh, they've got they've got some good young players that are like playing seventeen plus minutes a night. Now they stink, like the team stinks, their record stinks, but but they are like they're going to let their kids play. All right, so you're so the you're the Flyers then. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, with, you with know, older players and and Vincent Lecavalier and. Braden Coburn yeah. and these guys. Uh, yeah, I guess. Mark I mean, Streit. No, chance of, we're, no yeah, chance of winning is, the cup. Is that what we're striving for? Yeah. Just being good enough to win a way into the cup playoffs? I don't think so. I don't think that's what they want. I hope not. No, that's not what they want. They They think they want to try and win the Stanley Cup, and they are so apparently so stubborn that they still have the right formula that they're just going to roll it out again after everything that happened. Am am I wrong? (laughs) No, you're not wrong. And you know, what makes me even more mad is Michael Delzato has seven points and is a plus player playing 20 minutes a night. We could have had that guy for a million friggin' dollars. (laughs) Damn it. I mean, I would much rather be playing Michael Delzato right now than Jason Demers. I thought Jason Demers was terrible tonight. Terrible. Minus four. Dude, he's 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 been terrible this whole year. Yeah, yeah. Demaris has I, been really disappointing. He's, I mean, he's they're been very. He's the very one guy. He's the one guy they're giving tons of opportunities to. Probably unfounded. Although Matt so, Irwin has managed to be minus eight in nine games. Well, he didn't even. He he can't even draw a regular lineup spot. I mean, yeah. Matt Irwin is, you know, his right spot on this roster but this is this is the thing dude right i mean the sharks have cap space so you know and we've talked about if you send if you wave matt Irwin, is someone going to claim him maybe i guess maybe it's it's possible but he's making he's making a million dollars i mean at this point matt Irwin is not good enough to play so what about i mean taylor fadun almost made this team why aren't we seeing Taylor Fadun? That's a good question. I would love to see Taylor Fadun. Where is he? Like, where is he? Like, he, he should get the chance to play. Demers stinks, and Irwin has been bad, and Scott Hannon has... Is Scott Hannon? I mean, where is Taylor Fadun? That's why I call BS on this whole thing with the Sharks management. I don't... I don't know why they made those statements, because they clearly have no intention of doing it that way. Right. Why did they tease us like this, dude? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I will never know. We'll never know if that's what they really wanted to do. And they just ran into too many brick walls, either ownership or agents and no trades, or if they were really just using it as a way to try and motivate the veterans on this team into being angry, which has clearly worked. Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, anyways, another, yeah. another very upbeat podcast where I'm sure <laughs> we've, we've, we've lost several listeners and, and this is as good as it gets after a win in Tampa Bay. That's right. This is as good we as just it gets. beat the best team in the East and this is how we're talking. <laughs> well, dude, you know, I mean, it, this is one game out of the last, uh, five 
that you look at and you go, yeah, you know what? I'm proud of that win. Yeah. Yeah. You're not happy with, with, with how the Vancouver game went at all. You can't be happy with how the Dallas game went. You're playing a team that is on the ropes. They've been really bad. You know, their D is so bad that they traded away Sergey Gonchar for Travis Mullen. That's how bad it is that they, they, they've decided they would rather not have Sergey Gonchar. That's how bad it is. Yeah. And so... I can't believe you could... You could Travis Mullen has any trade value at all, actually. I'm a little surprised at that. Oh, I don't know. The Chicago game, not a good result. The Florida game, a horrible result. And then tonight was the good. was the only blind only bright spot yeah and, and joe thornton scoring his sixth goal of the year dude with no assist how's that happen he could have at least passed it to himself <laughs> he tried he passed it off the end boards but they wouldn't give him an assist <laughs> all right dude give me a prediction as the uh as the season is winding down dude or not the season dude. the season yeah <laughs> The road trip. The season. The road trip. It feels like it's been a whole season on the road. The road Wishful trip thinking. is winding down, dude. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to go. What's going to happen this I'm week? I'm going super glass, half half empty, man. I'm saying Sharks go two and two in the next four games. They're going to split Columbus, Carolina, Buffalo, and Florida. They're going to find a way to lose two of those games. I'm telling you. Wow. Dude. It's just I, I am not. I mean, I don't see anything to be that excited about with this team. Niami played great. But he hasn't been playing particularly great lately. Stalock is out. They're clearly not going to play Groznik. And they're just going to keep rolling the way they're rolling. And we're and we're playing back-to-back games. We're going to definitely lose to Carolina on Sunday. It's back-to-back after Columbus. And then who the hell knows what's going to happen in the other games? Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see, dude. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll be... A little sunnier next time we talk. I think we'll be sunnier, dude. I hope so. Oh, good. (laughs) Talk to you then. All right, dude. Bye. Bye. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League. 